everyone. Thank you for joining me for the very first episode of Ninth Draft. I'm Emily Elaine. I'm going to jump in headfirst and tell you who I am and what my podcast has to offer you. I've been trying to write a masterpiece since I was eight years old. I published my first completed novel when I was 16 and actually had a fairly successful experience in regards to sales and reviews, but got out of the water when I realized I wasn't ready to swim with the sleazy publishing sharks. Since then, I've been fighting to improve my craft. I've written an unholy amount of drafts, all that get tossed in an old work folder and mostly forgotten. I've written four more full manuscripts, all a part of my greater science fiction series, but none of them, up until my latest manuscript, quite made my professionistic mark. I always felt like there was something missing. I tried everything, crafting my characters down to the last hair on their head, refining my plotting process down to the last scene, not plotting at all, dancing around a bonfire and chanting to the writing gods. I mean, I really tried everything. Then one day, while researching writing craft topics, I ran into a question that shook my whole writing world. The question proposed was this, what does a reader need out of a book? I'd never actually thought about it. Wild world building, intricate plot work, fancy language, witty characters, show don't tell. The list that ran through my mind was practically endless. The answer was none of these. These aspects of narrative are important, but they'll come to you naturally if you have a deep understanding of the true meaning of story. So what do readers need out of a book? Are you ready for this? They need to learn how to survive. Hear me out. Stories are how we humans learn vicariously through each other. If caveman Bob wandered too close to a saber-toothed tiger's cave and got eaten, his caveman friend wouldn't tell their children, don't go near that cave on the other side of the hill, it's dangerous. No, they'd say, little cave Timmy, did you hear about what happened to caveman Bob? No, little Timmy said with a gasp sitting on the edge of his boulder. Well, his father said, stoking the fire. You know that cave on the other side of the hill? That really deep one that seems to breathe? Ooh, that one's scary. Mm-hmm. Well, poor caveman Bob lost his way and came to the mouth of the cave. Then he heard a deep growl and saw huge glowing green eyes in the cave. Just as he turned to run, the biggest saber-toothed tiger lunged out of the cave and ripped his arm off. Father snatched up the cooking bird and yanked the wing off, making a loud crack. We found the remains this morning. There's nothing left of him except a lot of blood in the dirt and shards of bone. Little Cave Timmy was quiet now. His heart was beating high in his chest, and the smell of bird dinner made his stomach churn. See the difference? Stories exist to teach us lessons essential to our survival. If Timmy's dad had just told him not to go near the cave because it's dangerous, he wouldn't have learned his lesson and likely would have become a tiger snack. Now, you may be thinking, okay, sure, Emily, but saber-toothed tigers are extinct and most modern readers don't encounter life or death situations on a daily basis. Yeah, you're right. There are no saber-toothed tigers, but the subconscious brain is still desperate to learn survival tactics. Modern saber-toothed tigers may take the form of divorce, or the death of a loved one. Now, the lessons don't necessarily need to be founded in realism. The subconscious mind doesn't think rationally. Imagine you're on a plane and it's about to take off. Now, 
you know the chances of that plane going down in the middle of the ocean are slim to none, but your stomach is still twisting and you're still imagining climbing over the other idiots to get to the emergency exit. This irrational fear of the probable unknown is what a good story soothes. Hopefully you'll never experience a plane crash. You'll probably never be taken against your will by a totalitarian government and forced to fight to death in an enormous arena either. That doesn't mean you closed Hunger Games, rolled your eyes thinking, this is so unrealistic, why should I care how Katniss survives? No, your unconscious mind is dying to know how she'll work the social arena to earn sponsors. It's dying to know how she'll get down from that tree without being murdered by Cato. It's dying to learn how to navigate the unknown because it's constantly asking itself, what if? It must constantly ask itself, what if? It has to explore all possibilities because its job is to keep you alive. If you're at a baseball game, and the ball flies into the stands and it's coming straight for your face, you don't have time to consciously think, huh, there's a baseball coming at my face at 60 miles per hour. Maybe I should move. No, your subconscious mind works on your behalf, signaling your body to duck before you end up with a serious concussion. In trying to keep us alive, it creates a quiet but constant state of fear that arises to the surface on occasion. Experiencing new situations vicariously through a fictional character helps to ease our quiet but constant fear. This vicarious experience, this empathetic connection between the protagonist and the reader is story. And understanding that your protagonist experience is your story is the single most liberating piece of information you can incorporate into your writing. Your protagonist is also your portal into the story. The goal while drafting is to focus only on what your protagonist is experiencing. Let's look at two frames of mind. Say you're writing with the primary focus being plot work. This mentality is delineated by the constantly nagging question of what needs to happen next to best serve the plot? With this mindset, the simplest of narrative tasks such as dialogue feels burdensome. You'll be asking yourself, Ooh, does she really need to say that right now? Maybe this dialogue is getting a little long. Readers will probably be bored. The next scene has action that shakes up the plot. I'll force it along. The problem is that the reader doesn't care about the action in the next scene unless they're experiencing it via your protagonist. Now, if you're of the mindset that your protagonist's experience is the story and you're writing dialogue, you're going to feel your protagonist's reaction to what the other character says. You'll be thinking with your protagonist, I can't believe she said that to me. Ooh, I'm so heated. I'm so gonna give her the silent treatment. Yeah, that'll show her. Now watch me storm out of this room and slam the door. Now, I'm sure at this point, there are a lot of quote unquote pantsers out there clapping, hollering, and getting ready to drink the Kool-Aid. Calm down, this is not a pantsers club. Yes, while drafting, you need to be focused on your protagonist's experience. But there is a lot of groundwork to be done in order for this story mindset to actually facilitate your success. Reading may be all about the experience, but writing is the act of creating that experience. Yes, while drafting, you, need, you have the pleasure of experiencing your story, but you cannot neglect the initial creation process. You must create and know your protagonist down to the bone. 
their personality type, their strengths, their weaknesses, greatest desires, their quirks, I could list this all day, before you start drafting. If you do not know your protagonist, you cannot create their experience. You will be tripping over every page thinking, um, how would they feel about this? Would they be offended or would they just shrug it off? You must also create your protagonist's world. How are you going to write their experience of their world if you haven't built it? And you must absolutely map out the plot. Pantsing is compared to riding a motorcycle in the dark. You don't know where you're going, and you've only got about 15-20 feet of light in front of you. Sure, it's fun and it gives you a sense of adventure at first, but you're going to hit a wall. Studying a map and laying out a route prior to your ride doesn't take away the sense of adventure. It simply ensures you'll make it through the journey. Now, hardcore plotters aren't off the hook either. Many traditional methods of plotting can suffocate story. If you plot every single scene, then you're prioritizing the plot work over your protagonist's experience. Give your story room to breathe. Think of plot work as what happens to your protagonist and the story as how your protagonist reacts. The goal is to lay down the basic foundations of your plot work. Once you know your protagonist and their world, you can choose what will happen to them. The core of plot work is conflict. Speculate on the page, free write all sorts of crazy possibilities until you've experienced a dozen epiphanies. Then anticipate how your protagonist will react to what is happening to them. Did they just discover they're not genetically engineered and that they have real parents? How will this affect them? How will this change them? Give yourself a rough estimate of how they will react so you can continue plotting according to their reactionary decisions. After you've completely quote unquote outlined what happens to them and how they react all the way to the end, take some time to step back and analyze the story before you start drafting. Identify the points of your protagonist's character arc, the truth they will learn, and therefore the theme. The theme is a vital part of your protagonist's experience. It's the prize at the end of their internal journey. Understanding the theme will ensure that you're keeping their internal conflict on track. It's ultimately going to be the lesson in coping or survival that your reader will unconsciously learn. It's what will make them smile after closing your book and think, yeah, that was definitely worth my time. Is there a second one? All of this groundwork will give you the freedom to focus on your protagonist's experience aka the heart of your story while you're drafting. I know it sounds like a lot of work. That's because it is a lot of work. If someone told you that writing a book is easy, they're either naive or a liar. I'm here to be a voice of honesty, sometimes brutal honesty, because honest assessment is the starting point for improvement. Don't worry, I'm honest with myself too. That's why it's taken me five books and now nine drafts to finally be satisfied with a manuscript. But the mental click didn't come naturally. It required a lot of research and practice to come to a place of deep understanding for story. I'm here to share that research and experience so you don't have to go through nine drafts before you find that right stride. In the next several weeks, we're going to cover the groundwork, creating your protagonist, their world, their journey, etc so that you can dive into drafting and be free to write from their experience. 
Now you may be thinking, great, I'm halfway done with my final draft. Yeah, that was me four drafts ago. Now I'm not telling you to rewrite your book, baby, again. Maybe what you learn here is best implemented into the revision process. I'm only imploring you to be absolutely honest with yourself about the quality of your work as it is right now. Because in the end, readers don't care if you rewrote it eight times. They only care about the experience your book provides. They only care about the story. So I challenge you to join me each week to take the information we cover and apply it objectively to your work. It may hurt when I tell you there are no magical muse fairies coming in the middle of the night to sprinkle their pixie dust of inspiration on you. It may hurt when you realize you've been doing it wrong all along. I've been there. Diving into research was uncomfortable. Learning that I didn't know what story was after all hurt. But I promise you, learning is worth it. Working for it is worth it. I'm here for those of you who were writing under the blankets with a flashlight when you were eight years old. I'm here for those of you who are willing to fight to improve your writing craft because it's your passion. So if that's you, if writing is your passion and you're ready to get to work, I'm ecstatic to invite you to join me on my journey as I too learn how to write an impactful story. If that's not you, it's totally okay. Fight Club's not for everyone. Speaking of clubs, Ninth Draft isn't just a podcast, it's an online club. Members join a team led by our wonderful team members. These awesome people help keep members accountable for page or word counts. Members also complete a weekly challenge related to each episode of Ninth Draft that helps keep them on track and motivated. For example, this week's members will be summarizing their protagonist's arc in three to five sentences. The goal of Ninth Draft Club is to create a close-knit community of writers who keep each other motivated and accountable. So if you're interested in becoming a club member, go to my site, emilyalane.com, the link in the description. Sign up to become a member, and I'll assign you to a team. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please review. If you're all in, then I'll see you next week. We'll be jumping straight into character creation. I hope you all have a productive and passionate week. Thanks and bye.